0: The African Dream Podcast. Today we have Joseph Kinvey, uh, the community manager at Hope. Hope is a community of creators and operators, a backing startup founders in Africa, and it's diaspora. He's also the financial partnerships at Paystack. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I am pretty sure you can give a better explanation about your background and your experience than I can. Um, I would love to just have a, an amazing story of of how of where you're from, how you got started, and what was the involvement with Hope and the inspiration behind it.
1: Sure. Uh, um, so I'm from Togo originally, uh, born and raised, um, but I moved to Ireland um, A long time ago to finish my studies and um, I graduated, um, then went on to uh, train as an accountant. Um, And about six, seven years ago, I decided to go into the FinTech space. Um, And uh, right after that, um, I spent about two years in in, the company I was with and um, uh, got fortunate that our company got acquired by Stripe and um, I ended up working for Stripe. Um, I'm still there now, although I'm spending more time at Paystack, which is the subsidiary of uh, Stripe in Africa. Um, and So that's what I do. But on the outside of my day job, uh, I spend time investing with Hoke, um, with my partner, Newbie, who, although I've known him for a while, the idea actually started when we were at Stripe together, uh, and the aim is to back um, African founders uh, in, in Europe or in Africa. And at least build a community to be that friend and family for them as they're starting up on their um, startup uh, journey. As I mentioned earlier, Hoke was actually supposed to be a community of investors to um, to come together and build like a back, I'm gonna call brick and mortar businesses in Dublin, but realized that the problem isn't like a local, it's more of a, like a global issue. But concerning the same group of people, um, but as time went on, the whole has evolved to um, back uh, founders who are building in Africa or for Africa. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's how we started. If if I'm making sense.
0: No, I mean, that's super interesting. I did not know that story that you guys actually wanted to her business owners that were looking to potentially build African restaurants. I mean, yeah. from African restaurants to tech companies. um, What was like, what was that switch? Like, what did that look like? Was it just like, hey, like this? It's a bigger problem here. And, and I don't think, you know, um, you know, this restaurant is a, is a solution. Like what was the story? How did you guys decide from, Hey, I mean, like, let's start backing these founders to run a community of what, at least over a thousand members right now.
1: Yeah. um, Well, so the first piece is, yes, the problem is, well, the problem is there. But we started, we decided to go into tech because that's our background, right? So Newbie and I both work in tech. Um, Newbie was a founder in Nigeria before moving to Ireland uh, to do his MBA. And again, we're both working for a fintech startup. So like we understand that space definitely better than restaurants, because what do we you know about restaurants? Um, and our network direct and extended network tend to be within the tech space um, so that's that's how we went there um, uh, we we like we've spoken to a lot of founders throughout europe and also africa and it turned out that you know folks all these founders on the continent like have it a lot harder than folks elsewhere um, and with newbie newbies and network because he was a founder he knows a lot of founders in the ecosystem that really enabled us to get started uh, a lot quicker. It's also worth mentioning that the community started, the whole community started from a community. Nubia and I have you know we've built over the years. It's a it's a network called APNI, African Professional Network of, of Ireland. Um, so we both led the organization, and as we start, we're starting. It was easier to. tap into that network and see how uh, folks within that network would be interested in uh, coming and joining us to um, back uh, African founders in Africa, also the diaspora.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think the world just spread because it was obviously something that was needed. Um, My introduction to angel investing in Africa was obviously through Hook. Many people don't know this, but that was my humble beginnings um and i'm super super grateful to joe Anubi for um just creating such an amazing community uh that is very collaborative um very engaging and i've referred so many of my angel investors um to the community cuz it is the place if you just you know like you guys have made it super easy um there there are not a lot of accreditation requirements like most um us angel communities um, the fees are very reasonable. Um, the minimum commitments, um, are super affordable. I mean, I could sell a lot of things about Hulk, but, um, if anybody was interested, right, in saying, Hey, I'm, I, I would love to, to be part of the African ecosystem. Um, how would you advise them to get started? Um, for all the potential angel investors out there that are interested in Africa
1: um yeah sure i mean the easiest part is just to go to our website first of all thank you for the kind words it means a lot uh so we have like a very basic website which is hook.club and if you want to get started the easier thing to do is just to kind of watch what other people are doing and that's the first thing the second thing is you know do by learning right so the reason why we have very low Minimum check size is, you know, if you want to try angel investing, it actually doesn't make sense for you to start writing 10, 25, or 100K checks if you have the money, right? Ideally, you want to build that muscle of kind of going, writing small checks. I have people, we have people who started with like the thousand dollar checks and then go on to become angel investors in their own right. And you're one of those people where instead of you, even if you have the money, like, it's not prudent to start writing those big checks, um, but you wanna try do a couple of deals, like learn how to build your investment thesis, your personal investment thesis, mm-hmm. and then go find networks or clubs or you know whatever it is that aligns with your thesis, right? Then you can join them and then you can start doing, you know, investments there. I think that's the most prudent way to go about it. Um, and we started Hook because we wanted to become angel investors. And the reason why it resonated with so many people across the you know the community is because there, like a lot of people within the network are very similar to us, right? And they were looking for some avenue. We managed to you know, create it for ourselves and the community. And again, we focused on what really mattered, right? So. You don't wanna invest cash. You don't wanna be paying five, ten percent to whichever platform. And again, you don't wanna write large checks. So that's that's the whole idea. Our fees are reasonable and the reason why we we actually didn't have fees for a long time. Um, but as the community grew, um, there is a lot of you know compliance requirements and you know you have to you have to pay your lawyers and you pay other people, and hence we introduced the fees. And the whole idea of yeah. the fees is to cover, you know, these, these expenses
0: really. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, that's, uh, and it seems easy, you know, to say, oh yeah, you know, like you start angel investing and then you can go and build your own community, you know, and then, you know, you do great. But the reality is building an angel community, especially growing it as such a huge number, um, obviously come with its own challenges. Um, what are some of the big, I mean, and I know, and I know that for myself, when, when I decided that I wanted to launch Azure Capital, I thought, well, I'll launch a fund, right? But I'll also launch, um, an angel community. And I remember maybe like a month into, I was like, there's no way I can do both. It is a lot, very time consuming. You have to keep engaging your community. You have to be able to, um, do a lot of things, um, to make sure that you keep, you know, that community excited to keep coming back. So um please just 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 give us a little bit of a background on how you guys have been able to um, you know, just build hope to be such, you know, a, a great community of, you know, thousands and thousands or hundreds of investors. Um, and if anybody out there, right, any other African or African enthusiasts um is interested in building your own, what will be, I don't know, like your either your step by step or like your <laughs> you know like your advice on how to approach uh, uh the whole community?
1: Um yeah great question. The first <laughs> step would be find your tribe, you know, find people who are interested in the same things that you're interested in. And that's what we did, right? Uh, um, in the first few months, we just reached out to hundreds of people and see if people were interested in what we're doing. Uh, and by doing that, we actually had to put our own capital first. So that like, you know, we are in this, and we just want people to tag along with us. Um, so find a tribe. The second thing is build trust. Um, it took us a while for people to actually trust what we're doing because, like, you don't want to wire, you know, like... A thousand, even if it's five hundred dollars, right? You don't want to wire that to somebody you've never met or you don't know personally. It was easy for it was easy for people who knew us, but like I think the turning point was when I remember one community member wired five thousand dollars for a deal, and I reached out to Nivi, like, like what's happening with this person? Like, why are you doing this? You've never met us, right? And at this stage, the community was very closed. It was only people that we knew, um, and Yeah, so we managed to build trust very quickly and that really accelerated the growth. When people started trusting what we do, they found it easier to recommend it to other people. So like build trust. And the third thing is, you know, don't forget why people come to you. Uh, People come to Hoke because they want to be able to invest and for them to invest, you need to give them deal flow. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen, we have deal flow for days. Um, And when we speak to like... um, LPs as we raise in our fund, the question that keeps coming up is like, where do you get a deal flow? So we get our deal flow through three sources, right? The first one is our network of founders that we've worked with. Like you'll be surprised how many founders recommend other founders to the community. Uh, the second one is just our email. Like people just send us decks. You know, I'm sure every investor out there gets the same. And the third one, which is actually so important, is the whole community. Like. We get decks from so many, like we've got into so many deals that we couldn't have gotten into if it wasn't because of the Hulk members. So essentially, like the reason why people send us decks is when you find a company you want to invest in and you don't, you know, probably don't have a lot of money or you don't have you don't mean the minimum check. You bring it to Hulk. and if there are more people who want to invest along, so we just make it happen, right? So the source of deal flow is uh, the community, which we don't take for granted because. Yeah, uh, the strategy was us, you know, talking to people, talking to our network, people who have done this before, other VCs. But as the community grew, the, like the community is our biggest source of deal flow. So to summarize, um, what was the first thing I said again?
0: <laughs> no, you said um, I think it was like find your TC. So I like find, find your, your tribe. Team,
1: right. Find your yeah. tribe, um, build trust, and then like give people why they come to you, which is. In our case, in the deal flow, Um, I think one thing one thing you talked about is the challenges. Like you, you saw the admin piece is very time consuming, uh, and we're so lucky to have uh, two team members along myself and newbie who help us with the back office that nobody sees. Um, And on top of that, we also have a bunch of venture partners who help us just go through the deals because yeah, you need to like do the work regardless of whether you're writing a 5K check or I think a 100K check. So yeah, super lucky to have a, community, a group of um, venture partners that help us throughout this process.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could so relate to like what you said, which um, I always tell my small team that um, our LPs, our customers, right? but our deal flow and our founders, our product, right? So we have to keep finding them. We have to keep improving. Like, you know, we have to keep nurturing them and making sure that, you know, like they look appealing to our customers, right? So our customers can continue buying. Um, That is such an important point. Uh, But I think like, I want to switch gears a little bit. I mean, I think we've all heard of the VC slowdown, you know, the recession in the U.S. coming up, right, and just um, all the crazy things that are happening in the world right now around the investment world. Um, I'm actually curious, how um, is your team alongside your community of angels um, thinking about the situation and also, like, navigating um, the current market?
1: Um, So a couple of – well, one fact is the slowdown has also impacted uh, impacted us. So when we compare our you know Q1 numbers to the Q2 numbers, the amount of commitments and investment have decreased quite significantly. Um, so that is that. Um, the other thing that we've seen is um, you know people are more cautious and people are taking it slightly longer to commit to deals. Uh, there's more due diligence happening, um, which is a good thing um, because mm-hmm. again we we on top of the due diligence due diligence that we do, we always recommend our community to also do their own due diligence because you need to make sure that you're back in a company that, again, is in line with your personal pieces. Yeah, like my personal take on the slowdown is it's long overdue. Uh, For folks like myself and yourself, it's just happening a bit too quick uh, in our journey as investors, right? But I'm glad that it's happening now, not five or 10 years into this, so that we can learn from it and have a very balanced view as we continue to uh, invest and back founders. Um, In terms of valuations, we've seen valuation come down. I remember when we started in, in 2020, we were able to invest in a lot of companies at $1 million valuation. Like last year, it was impossible to find anything that's one million. Right, everybody was starting from five, ten million. Yeah. But now things are resetting again, right? And uh, I think it's more of a reset than anything. And I actually really, really hope that stays like this, where you know valuations are based off of something and not values, right? Um, mm-hmm. And for us, we're you know we I like to believe that we've been very diligent in terms of. You know, looking at companies and you know, looking at the facts and the fundamentals, uh, instead of just investing because this other person is investing. Um, and yeah, like we've, I'm sure we've invested at you know slightly higher valuations, but again, the market's always adjust like market itself. Um, and uh, I believe that you know, I don't know how long we're going to be at this bottom for. Um, but again, the great companies, great companies will keep fundraising. Like, let's not even get this thing twisted. Right? the best companies will raise the money, and they'll keep yep. as long as they're serving their customers. Right, they have product market fit. They will, they'll be fine. It's only the not so great ones that will not make it. They will struggle to raise you know follow on capital because they don't meet the metrics. Um, it's okay at pre seed seed stage, but when you start going to Series A, Series B. You just have to show the numbers like there is no other ways around it. The numbers have to make sense. So, yeah, yeah, like great companies will keep raising money and they'll keep growing. Um, And the other thing I wanted to say is you're going to see a lot of consolidation on the market. Uh, Many people like many companies are going to be either bought out. They're probably dying and they need to sell their technology. There's going to be a lot of aqua hires. And we're actually seeing some of that in the ecosystem. So um again, like it's natural. Um the 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 thing is the the VC investment space, it just kept going up and up and up. And it's only a matter of time that it's gonna come down and we're on that downward spiral. Um but yeah, um that's my personal views on it. Uh, and I'm actually really looking forward to uh the the MAs and the acquisitions and the aqua hires. My goal is you know maybe like in five you know five to seven years from now, I wanted to move into the admin space because I've engaged with a lot of companies and they're gonna need to sell or something needs to happen, right? So I'm a bit bummed out that this down market is happening now because I still don't have a lot of M&A experience, so I don't I can't do anything in that space.
0: No, I get it, and 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 I completely I I can completely relate to what you're saying. I think. You mentioned it, so I'm just going to press a little bit on it. What what are your thoughts on um, the fact that we, I mean, we we have seen a lot more fundraising going into African startups, um, but the reality is there are still not that many um, IPOs, there are still not that many um, M&As, that side of the market is still very early. Um, mm-hmm. what are what are your thoughts? You know, for for just you know, I mean, at the end of the day, as every investor, we're investing to get a return on our investment in the future. Um, what are your thoughts on um just the African ecosystem and the way things are going? Um, in terms of potential IPOs or potential uh, merger and acquisitions,
1: it's very early days for Africa when it comes to venture investing. Like when you look at the entire uh, A16Z funds, it's much bigger than maybe the cumulative funds funding that's going to Africa. That's just one American fund, right? Mm-hmm. And the U.S. ecosystem has been around for 30, 40 years. We're five years in. So yep. like it's going to take a lot of time to go through it. A mm-hmm. lot of funds, like their fund cycle is 10 years. Like Sequoia has probably gone through like three or four cycles. I don't think there's many African funds that have gone through one cycle, one full ten year cycle. It just shows how early it's too early for us. Um, and also like our economies are still at the bottom, right? Like they're just picking up. right? Like the infrastructure are being built, you know, the businesses are just coming in. So for I'm currently in Nairobi. And this year, well, from for the past two, three weeks, I've been to Kigali, Kampala, and now I'm in Nairobi. Then I'm going to Accra, then I'm going to Lome. Um, and when you go to these cities, it's so early. Like, yeah. for example, in Nairobi, like you cannot turn without seeing a building being built. Like there's a lot of real estate happening being built in Nairobi, wow. and I strongly recommend people to visit. Same thing in Kenya, no, same thing in Ghana. I haven't been to Abidjan. I really want to go to Abidjan. But like the infrastructure of a lot of African cities have been built. You can't scale without a very solid foundation. So like that's just infra. Then we need to talk about economic stability. Then we need to talk about political stability. Once you achieve, well, political before economic, right? Once you have these foundations, then you're going to see like the continuous growth where, you know, a lot of people would not need to emigrate anymore. They will stay on the continent. You'll see a lot of, like, immigration. You know, I think it's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, like, to answer your question, the foundation has still been built in Africa. And I strongly recommend a lot of any, – anybody who wants to invest in Africa needs to come and see. Uh, I, I always say that, like, you cannot be investing in Africa without either having a base there or having people on the ground. Right, and for newbie and I and the whole community, like it it somehow played a part in our career moves. Like we both work full time on the continent, and it's really important for us to be around. And so I'm spending the whole summer in Africa, and like I was in Kampala last week, and we did a dinner with like twenty founders. Um, like shout out to Peter uh, from um, uh, from Future Africa like 20 founders and you'll be surprised what people are building in Uganda. You'll be surprised what people are building in Nairobi. You know, uh, I'm doing something else in Nairobi this month. So, like, it's early days, but just take a trip and come and check it out. Even if it's a holiday, come, Mm -hmm. pick, pick, like, what we call them like the the top cities. Just pick one Mm -hmm. and go visit it. See what's happening. Talk to the investors or talk to the founders in the ecosystem. But I think the opportunities are endless. Um, you just need to, you know, understand a bit of the markets and, you know, um, and start deploying slowly. Like I know a lot of bigger funds who want to start investing in Africa, but they just don't know where to start, right? Send some of your uh, principals, you know, send some of your associates, pay, allow them to take a holiday and go check out what's happening in Nairobi or send them to Johannesburg or, you know, send them to Lagos and go check it out for yourself but it's a great time for africa i'm so excited
0: no that is so beautifully made i i i i mean i love every single thing you've said and you've mentioned a lot about just you know like your investment and hope. and i think um i want you to just share you know like what are your hopes like we know what you guys have accomplished so far Um, what are your hopes for Hook as well as the whole community um, over the next couple of years?
1: Uh, I'll start with the Hook community. Uh, We actually want to see as many uh, angel investors as possible start from Hook and just go, right? What that means is it means more capital for the companies, more friends and family around, and then the big VCs can come in. Like, you can't like, you need to start from somewhere. Um, so the hope is we want to be able to, I want to use the term, churn out as many angel investors as possible, right? And, yeah, that's the hope. Uh, the second hope is for us as, you know, the the managers of this community is to invest more. Um, so we are currently raising a fund, as you, as, is, as you know. And the purpose of the fund is to invest earlier into um, – Companies that we believe, we believe this founder is amazing and they're building something great. Without any traction, we wanna be able to deploy capital super early. We've missed out on so many opportunities purely because that doesn't align with the whole club thesis. Um, and then we wanna go on to you know, co-invest with community. And lastly, we've done about 70 deals. No, we've invested in over 70 companies. These companies will go on to raise more capital and we want to use the fund to follow on until they reach their height. Um, We believe that a large portion of our portfolio will go on to raise more capital and we want to be ready to back them as they continue to scale. Uh, A good few of them have raised Series A, uh, which is great. Um, We've seen actually three or four this quarter alone who are raising Series A. And I think it's a testament of the... You know the belief that the community have in us to, you know, bring this like to to back these companies. Remember, we don't invest our own capital, but like we bring the community, we bring the companies to the community and the community backs it. So So, um, yeah, we want to keep investing and always bring bring the community along with us as we continue to uh, deploy more capital
0: okay awesome awesome that's that that was that was amazing so i'm gonna go with a very simple last question to end this podcast um and and i know you you saw the question which is um what was the last book you read and what was the most interesting thing about it
1: uh i read um the psychology of money recently and um as much as you know, I I'd like to believe that I understand money purely because of my accounting background. But I learned a lot of things that I I, I kind of believed in them. But I think the book re, reaffirmed the things I believed in. So I highly recommend it. Uh, Psychology of Money. Um, it, it's a great book. It's you don't have to be a finance or accounting head to get it. It's uh, it's very practical, and you can start putting like the learnings learnings into practice uh, straight away. Can I plug another book?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I'm currently reading Bad Blood uh, about the Theranos story, and yeah, uh, it's you have it. I have it. Yeah,
0: it, I have it somewhere. Oh, right there,
1: my
0: book. Yes, <laughs> you can see. Um,
1: I'm not finished, okay. but it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's intense, and it's it's a great thriller, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I recommend it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It was so, so great having you. Um, And uh, you guys can find Joe on LinkedIn, on Twitter as well. um, As if you're interested in joining the whole club, um, I think it's just hope.club, right?
1: That's right. Yes.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, thank you so much um, for joining us on this podcast today. Um, This was Live the African Dream Podcast, and I will see you guys next time.